Last week, we talked about your organization's top resource. This week, we've got news for you. Your task list is broken. After over a decade of nonprofit leadership impacting thousands, we hit a wall. We started asking ourselves, how can we go beyond personal success and leave a legacy that lasts far beyond our lifetimes? A job change and a couple of pivots into for-profit leadership later? We're on the search to get that question answered. If you're a leader who cares deeply about supporting nonprofits from the inside or from the outside, this podcast is for you. We believe that the world needs what you are going to leave behind, and it's our passion to help you find that thing and build it. I'm Ted. And I'm Lisa. Welcome to the Legacy Builders Movement. Recently, we were working with the leader of an organization. We'll call him Jeff. Jeff was incredibly overwhelmed with what he was doing. He was over multiple organ. He was over multiple parts of his organization. Um, lots of leaders, lots of volunteers underneath him, and he just couldn't seem to get a handle on stuff. We could tell he wanted to systemize what he was doing so that he wasn't constantly having to chase down the people to get the stuff done. Um, but he just didn't know where to start. And in order for Ted and I to figure out how to help we gave him a simple task. Can you please write out your to-do list? Let us see your to-do list. And a couple days later, he handed it to us. And it was really interesting because it was broken up by general areas. Um, This part of our building has these five tasks that need to get done. And this other part of our building has these 12 tasks that need to get done. And this other part of our organization has three tasks that need to get done. But as Ted and I were looking at it, we realized it was all set up according to locations and spots in the building, and where different events would be held, even though his leaders under him had tasks that were all a part of it. Um, In one part of the building, it might have write a check to pay for this new equipment that we bought. And in another column of his task list, it said write a check to pay for this food that we bought. And in a whole different area of his task list, on a separate part of the page, it said write a check for this family that we are looking to help. Instead, we looked at him and said, hey, Jeff, what if you actually organized your list according to the people and the leaders that you had underneath you? Sarah underneath you is the one who writes all the checks. What if all of those were grouped together? That way, when you talk to Sarah next time, you could simply start teaching her here is what we can do as a leader to systemize these things. Instead of having three conversations, we had one conversation. And this turned into a massive leadership conversation. And it's really what we really want to talk about today in our podcast. And here's the question. Are you leading to get your tasks done? Or are you leading to grow the leaders under you so that you aren't having to worry about those tasks? It's a fantastic conversation. And I love that we get to be having this on the podcast. Uh, This is going to be a fun one. Strap in, maybe take some notes and uh, think about, you know, don't just think about how other people around you could be making these changes, but think about how you yourself as a part of whatever organization you're a part of uh, could be making these changes as well. So leading to get tasks accomplished. I mean, I think a lot of us look at look at what we have to get done in a day and we see them as tasks. And when those tasks are completed, then we can check the box and then we can go home at the end of the night and hopefully not have those tasks follow us home. And we can just, you know, kind of hang out with our families and watch some TV and go to sleep and be able to fall asleep because the tasks aren't beating us over the head. That's usually the way I think the human mind tends to try to break things down. So that way we can kind of set them on a shelf and rest for a little bit. But we want to challenge you guys today to be thinking through uh, leadership as 
the tasks are more of a vehicle to grow the leaders rather than the leaders are a vehicle to get the tasks accomplished. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. You know, when I was getting started in leadership, I was incredibly task focused. Part of it was I didn't view myself as a leader. I was like, I have been brought in to get this stuff done. Um, And it wouldn't even be that I would try and get other people to do the tasks. It would be that I would sit down, lay out all the tasks, and then work really, 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 really hard to try and get them done. Um, And it actually took a friend of mine who was a leader within the same organization saying, hey, Lisa, there's a better way to do this. And I was like, but I don't really understand leadership. I don't know how to lead. Um, We were very young at the time. And I said, like, I'm not a natural, charismatic person who just brings people around me. And it's just so much fun for them. Now, I know Ted is that person. We've talked many times about how we are opposites (laughs) in a lot of ways. I am not that person. And she told me, she said, Lisa, just because you aren't that person, like, you have to remember, there are people who like falling under that type of leadership. But there are other people who want to who want to do stuff under a leader who's just very systematic and organized and who can cast a vision, but then just kind of let them do their own thing and just be a resource to them. Um, And so I had to do the hard work of just changing my mindset to be away from doing the task myself to not just then getting the person, getting someone else in to do tasks, but then actually teaching them leadership as I was learning leadership. And it was kind of a process. I remember going to Ted saying like, how do you do this? Because it just was so out of my wheelhouse. But that very conversation is what changed um, me from doing some tasks that took me maybe four or five hours a week to actually growing a team that had multiple volunteers. And that was kind of running just a whole operation that was impacting quite a few people. And uh, what's cool about that story is that people get leadership and charisma crisscrossed. They think that leadership is charisma because a lot of the leaders that they see as leaders are people who have charisma, who can do public speaking, who can talk in front of a bunch of people, who can gather a lot of people around them, who have tons of friends, who have tons of connections. Um, But really, the way that we define leadership is people following you. Like people following mm-hmm. your example, people want to follow your example, people want to follow you, people want to listen to what you have to say. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you are loud and, uh, you know, in people's face all the time. Uh, a lot of times people are really looking for the quiet confidence that comes from from leaders and uh, just the loud ones tend to get some attention. But really, people are following the the quiet, confident ones a lot more often, I think, behind the scenes, and maybe they don't recognize it, but really, that's okay. You know, as a leader who is leading from not a place of charisma, chances are you don't really value the attention anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you're probably totally fine with that. And so what we need to think through is, okay, first of all, anybody in any position has the potential to be a leader, especially if you start doing something well, chances are you are leading somebody someone's looking at you and saying i want to do it like they're doing it mm-hmm. and uh, i want to accomplish what they're accomplishing um that's that's an essential piece of leadership anyway if if you are just loud and you're in charge because you have a title but no one's following you because of your results you're not actually being the leader that you could be and so i think a lot of people sell themselves short on what uh, a leader is. And so then they're like, Oh, I'm not actually in a place of leadership or any kind of authority. 
but you are. So with that being in mind now, let's have a conversation about leading to grow people rather than leading to get tasks accomplished. Absolutely. I think the biggest thing is just understanding that the most important thing that you can do is really help other people to grow. Um, Within any organization, there are the tasks that simply have to get done. But at the end of the day, if all the tasks are done, like, good job. There's not really much else to say about that. But if (laughs) at the end of the day, you have brought someone else along and taught them how to do do something and then actually help them to grow as a leader and improve as a like whatever it is that they want to do. Maybe they don't want to be a a leader of a huge organization, but they just want to grow their leadership skills a little bit and get a little bit more comfortable in training someone or in their communication or whatever it might be. That is the change that's going to have exponential impact, not just within your organization. Although if you expand your leadership capacity or the leadership capacity of the organization, you expand the impact that your organization can have. Absolutely. Period. But also, as you are growing up the leaders, you're not only increasing the leadership impact of the organization, but you are increasing what that person can do in all facets of their lives. And so a lot of times I noticed for myself that when I would get bogged down with tasks, it would show up in the work that I was doing within an organization and it would carry over into how I ran my household or into how I interacted with other people. Hmm. But once I got the handle of, oh, here's what leadership looks like and here's how it can look like for me with my personality and how it can still be effective, it changed the way that I interacted in all areas of my life and actually changed the way that I encouraged the people around me to you know, actually pursue what it was that they wanted to do. Yeah, that's really, really good. Seeing that an organization, a cause can have not just impact, but can have exponential impact, and then recognize that by growing leaders, that is building legacy. Mm -hmm. That is where the magic happens. And uh, when things take off and accomplish great things without our meddling. That's what hopefully we're all trying to to see happen, right? We want we want the world to be a better place. We want uh, people to be uh, taken care of and provided for and their needs met uh, on lots of different levels. And we want to see uh, just the world improve, right? But if we do that task by task, there are just too many tasks for that to ever be accomplished. But if we do that leader by leader, we can exponentially grow this thing. So how, how do we grow uh, people through tasks? Now, uh, the example that we gave of Jeff uh, earlier on in the episode, writing out the task list and and recognizing that it was, it was sorted more based on like organizational areas rather than by people. um, That is a really, really big uh, starting point to just write out what are all the things that need to get accomplished uh, especially if you recognize that I am t- your task oriented um, rather than like leader oriented. Mm-hmm. It's to just write out all the things that need to get done. You know, you have them in the back of your head right now. So you can just take, take some time and write them all out and then start thinking through who are the people that are for us, like who are for this organization, who are ready to just hit the ground running and actually make a difference and start sorting those things based on those people. Now you've got an idea of what uh, 
what you can use to help grow people. Mm-hmm. And that's it's kind of um, it's a it's sort of a weird backwards way to look at it, but it's I think the the better way yeah. to look at it. What we've done and what we encourage other leaders to do when we're working with them is to actually take other tasks and sort them according to kind of just similarities. Like maybe you have a lot of stuff that's just kind of like a general marketing or communications, or maybe you have a lot of tasks that's like reaching out to people and building relationships or whatever. Maybe you have a lot of tasks that are just kind of like office something. Um, the people that are for you might have some of those personality traits where you're like, oh my gosh, this person has been asking for a volunteer role and she could totally handle this group of items. Like this is suited to her personality. This is suited to what she enjoys doing. At the same time, if you end up with like a group of tasks and you don't have anyone for it, um, really what you're doing and taking the tasks and sorting them and then putting people in place is you are building out your ideal org structure and your ideal dream team dream team as a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're looking at everything that you're over and saying, this is what I have to make sure gets done. And instead of me trying to tackle 150 tasks, I'm going to try and find the right three or four people or five people or however many people it is that I can just invest into as leaders and watch them grow. I know that everything else is going to get going to get taken care of along the way. Now, once you have kind of sorted tasks, now you have the tools at your disposal to help actually grow people. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, that's a big one because a lot of times people will say like, well, I don't know how to like train up leaders. Well, the way you train a leader is you give them tasks and you walk alongside them and you help them learn how to systemize. You help them learn how to involve other people in the process. You help them learn how to maybe cast a vision. You help them learn how to inspire people around them, either through their own work ethic or uh, their belief systems or whatever it is. Those are the traits that they're going to learn over time using the tasks that you have given them. And it's really, really important that you continue to keep that attitude of, I'm trying to help grow this person, not just get these tasks done. Because the risk that you run from a task-oriented leadership perspective is to just use a person up and cast them to the side. Well, now that the task is done, we have no reason to talk. We have no reason to whatever. But if you have the person in mind... First, the leadership growth, the person growth uh, in mind first, the tasks become a secondary thing. They're kind of like a um, a byproduct mm-hmm. of investing in a human being. And the that's what you really want to have happen. You want to put so much good, solid investment in helping that person to grow as a person that the byproduct is the tasks you've done. Mm-hmm. And if you've done that well... Uh, not only are your tasks going to get done, but you're going to find that they're exceeding and succeeding and excelling in tons of different areas and probably doing more than uh, in a good way than you ever hoped that they would do for the organization. Mm-hmm. Because now they're inspiring other people to come on board and all of a sudden you have more resources to be able to work with as an organization. Yeah. One of the really cool things about this process when you're leading to actually build up leaders versus leading to get the task done is that people who are under you and who see that you're investing in them understand that you want them to succeed at what it is they want to do. Um, and so it is it is something where you have to change your mindset from all right, you are my leader to get my stuff done to you are a leader who I am investing in during the season because you have things that you care about and I want to see you succeed. 
Mm -hmm. um, that mindset, I'm going to be honest, it's kind of hard. Oh, like, yeah. It's, and this it's is not easy to do. Because you know that by investing in them and actually helping them grow as a leader means that they will either stay with you and help you lead or they might step out and do something that they've been wanting to do on their own. Mm -hmm. But I can say from many years of working with nonprofits and in nonprofits that when I look back, the tasks that I got done, I really don't care about. But the people that I've invested in, who I see, who have maybe mm -hmm. gone on to other organizations and who are doing the thing that, you know, they had originally whispered, man, I really wish that I could help out this organization or this cause, but I just don't know if I can. When they go out and start doing it, there's something in me that goes, that was well worth my time. Even if it meant that they had to step away from me for a season, the very fact that I was able to help them grow to a place where they could step into the thing that was really in them, um, that's a really incredible thing that we get to do as leaders. And that's something we're celebrating, not something to be afraid of. So it's really important as you're bringing people around you, as you're finding leaders, or as you're just uh, starting to realize that the people around you that are already on board are not just mules to get the tasks done, mm -hmm. <laughs> but they're actually people. It's important to understand what are their goals? What are their aspirations? What do they want to become? What do they want to grow in? What do they want to learn? What do they want to excel in? If you can start to figure out what do they want to actually do, then that'll help you figure out like, hey, let me give you this other task. This is this is right in vain with what you want to get better at. Let me teach you how to do this task, and this will be good practice for you to do this other thing. Oh, I really want to write a book. Oh my gosh, you really want to write a book? Let me give you these tasks as part of this organization that's going to help you improve in your ability with storytelling, with all this stuff. Like people will value that so much. You're you're not only are you giving them an opportunity to make a difference, but it's in line with who they hope to be someday. Mm -hmm. And that not only communicates to them that you care, but it also helps like helps you to find out like who are the people who are like really gifted in certain areas. Sometimes people for some reason separate their, uh, their aspirations and the things that they're really talented at from what they're willing to volunteer to an organization. It's really kind of strange. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, I'm super passionate about music, but I don't really want to do, uh, anything musical as part of this organization. Or I'm really passionate about, uh, electronics, but I don't like, I don't want to do any of that stuff. Like sign me up to sign up people for this event. It's like, wait a minute, <laughs> like, how about let's, let's like let you come alive in this organization rather than like have to do something that you don't really care to grow in at mm -hmm. all. And it's really an interesting dynamic when you start making the shift because you have to learn how to care about what people want. Um, but I think sometimes what leaders do is they're like, I'm going to find out what their hopes and their dreams are. And I'm going to create the perfect space for them so that they never leave. Um, that doesn't work. As leaders, we need to be willing to help people grow and also be open-handed handed with them. Understanding that a lot of people, when you are in leadership, are with you for a season and not necessarily for a lifetime. And that is okay. You know, it's really it's funny healthy. about it's that. Okay. The more open-handed with, with them that you are, chances are the more likely they're going to stay. It's so, it's so mm -hmm. silly. But as soon as people feel like they are on a leash or trapped, like that's when they're like, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> yeah. The other thing, like on a leash or trapped, or if you start trying to hold their dreams over their head. Yeah, to try keep to hold them, their dreams captive. Yeah, you're trying hostage. to hold it. Yeah, hold them hostage by saying like, you'll never accomplish this without us. You'll never. Like at that point, they're 
they're, they're mentally gone. packing their bags and trying to figure out how to get out. Um, and so it's an interesting thing, but Ted's totally right. The more open-handed you are and the more you are willing to invest in people without expecting their loyalty and without expecting them to stay with you long-term, the more likely they are to stay with you because they recognize this is a leader who actually cares about me, who wants to see me grow. And at the end of the day, if I exceed and excel beyond what they're capable of, they're going to be there cheering for me. Um, And that gives people so much security and so much joy to know that they don't have to be watching their back around you as a leader. Yeah, absolutely. So this task versus uh, leadership orientation, I think is a huge thing that um, nonprofits have the freedom and flexibility to do Mm -hmm. a little bit more than, say, your uh, average business where the main export is profits. In nonprofit, the main export is like impact, right? And if you can show and encourage people and remind them that like the, the impact that they're having isn't just in getting the tasks done, but in the people that they're growing up to, this is gonna help you to grow leaders who grow leaders. And the you have the freedom as a nonprofit leader to be able to actually to, to use this a little bit more. Where the, the thing that's kind of the main motivating factor in the business world is I'll give you a raise or I'll let you work for fewer hours but have the same salary or like it's all like money based because the export in the business world is money. But because the exports of a nonprofit are actually a little more diversified and hopefully aren't money, <laughs> right? Like, look at all the profits that we made in this nonprofit. It's not not good. Nope. It's, not supposed to <laughs> it's not the point, right? Um, because of the fact that they're more mushy, you actually have this freedom to do this and to look back on your life when you know when you're retired or whatever and say wow look at all of the impact i was able to have because look at all the people i was able to empower mm-hmm. like that word is thrown around a lot like oh empower people but like think about it for a second you're empowering you're giving people power in life yeah and remember there's a difference between empowering someone with a life skill and empowering someone with a with like a true here's how you can grow and here's how i'm going to support you versus Um, publicly, quote unquote, empowering them by giving them a title. Oh, yeah, just authority. Or giving them spoken authority. That's like, it's important. It's like definitely it, important. Um, but the people on your teams can feel which one it is that you are offering them. And one of them will build loyalty within the organization. And the other one will base will basically get to a point where they're like, I will stay here until I find the next thing. That's going to better suit me. Right. And I mean, if you're giving if you're giving away authority without actually giving away growth, you're going to cause a lot of people to be rolling their eyes in your organization mm-hmm. <laughs> when you promote someone and everybody else is like, really? Like, why is that person? Because you're just handing out authority like as little gold stars to people. Um, but authority without actual leadership ability means nothing. It really means nothing in this world. The thought that comes to mind right away is the middle management boss in the movie Office Space. He's like, hey, did you turn in those TPS reports? That guy has no leadership, but he has the authority, right? And he's the bad guy. He's the bad guy in the movie. And that's how everybody feels about him. It's like, oh, there's that person again who's like promoted for whatever reason, but it wasn't because they're good at leading or inspiring people, Mm -hmm. which that... uh, 
<laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> that's a problem. It's not they they weren't reported because promoted because they actually performed well. Maybe they just uh, you know snuffed out the other people who were in in line for the position or whatever. Um, you're going to cause a lot of eye rolling when you're not actually leading people for leadership, leading people for growth, and instead you're just being task oriented as yeah. a leader. Absolutely. I think a really good book recommendation to go along with this idea is The Five Levels of Leadership by John Maxwell. Yes. A hundred percent. Because it is easy as leaders to say, I'm going to give someone um, a position so that they have authority versus really teaching people how to lead and how to develop people to the point where they become like a true pinnacle leader where people aren't following them because they are on the hierarchy, but people are following them simply because <clears throat> of who they are and what they've seen them develop in the people around them. And the, that book is so good for this too, because recognizing that authority leadership is the lowest rung, like it is the absolute lowest form of leadership, just doing something because you have, or tell, being able to get something accomplished because you have the right to tell somebody what to do. That is task-oriented leadership, mm-hmm. is if I'm just doing the tasks, I am being the lowest possible leader that I could be. If I'm just writing down a task list and divvying them out to people, that is the absolute bottom rung <laughs> of leadership. And hopefully, as a leader in an organization, you want to go up. You want to actually have permission in people's lives that they they want to do what you have to you know what the tasks that you have for them that you actually have the uh, authority because you have shown the results and they're like wow i want to follow this person because clearly they're doing something right because look at all the things they're able to accomplish and and so that book is a fantastic recommendation for this leadership uh, oriented and uh, and idea oriented leadership versus task oriented leadership yeah. So with that, we would love to hear your thoughts. Um, we understand that trying to get you all to write down task lists and then sort out those tasks into categories, that can be really hard because sometimes when you're stuck in the weeds, it's hard to sort the weeds. Um, so if you have any questions about this, we'd love to hear from you and um, just kind of hear what's going on, see if we can offer any insight. You can email us at office at legacybuildersintl.com. Thanks for listening to the Legacy Builders Movement. If you appreciate this podcast and find that it's valuable, the best way that you could help us is to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. To learn more about Legacy Builders, go to LegacyBuildersInternational.com. That's LegacyBuildersIntl.com.